sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Griff's back. Griff's back with you yet again uh, for another week of of happiness and joy and just outright uh, pleasant pleasantness, we'll say, right? We're all just happy here. Uh, as usual, joined by a very happy Tony. Uh, he recently, we got to congratulate him. He just got the, uh, maybe the most unique award I've ever seen. Tony, you just won the, does this say the squarest, the squarest nuts in Australia? Squarest nuts? <laughs> That's well, weird. What is it? So what's it like? Can you do they sit weird? Can they sit flat on the chair when you're sitting? What's what's going on with the nuts? Well, it really is the next evolution in in human development. I am yeah. essentially an X Man. No superpowers. I'm just like we had the leap from from apes to Homo sapiens. Um, mm-hmm. Now, yep. Or Neanderthals were an, were an offshoot branch that didn't ex- succeed. But I'm I'm another branch in human evolution. I'm going to, uh, I think, be like day one of this next evolution, and that is square nuts because square nuts are a huge advantage in in a modern society yeah. with the amount of sitting we do. Modern society, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, it it really is a. A, a genuine leap forward, and especially now that we don't have to, as men, have to travel on public transport, we can man spread all we want with our legs. We don't have you to don't keep those have, yeah. those square balls cooped up, but they sit yeah. nicely on chairs. They don't roll off things. They don't roll out of things. <laughs> it makes yeah. them easy to find holsters for them. It, it really is quite song. quite useful. Um, yeah. I, I would recommend perhaps having some surgery to actually enable you to have some square nuts. File I, down your nuts into a uh, square well, is what I, I think I, they would have to do. I think that's one option. The other option, of course, is to actually have an implant to sh- reshape them, kind of like you get <laughs> implants in your breasts oh, yeah. or your pec implants. Yeah. In mine, in my breasts. Absolutely. Yep. We can clearly see that. If, if other people were on I've, video, they'd, they'd definitely see it. You spend enough time in in Vegas, and you will start to see some square other some things that are squares that you didn't think were supposed to be squares. Uh, and and you know, I guess that's true in Australia. So so that's interesting that I, I think uh, you you consider yourself sort of a next phase. You know, we went from the Aust- was it Australopithecus, and then uh, fucking um, you know modern. Man, you know, the Neanderthal into the, you know, kind of modern guy. And then the next one is just a modern guy also, but sort of with like two Legos hanging out of his, out of his shit. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. And that'd be the next leap forward after square balls is a Lego type imprint on them. Just think of all the things you could do with them. I thought nesting. I think nesting would be good if you could sort of like a Petru- like a Matrushka doll sort of. <laughs> Sort of just come, like oh, I'm, I'm having a hard time kind of sitting comfortably. I need these to kind of go go together. And I'm sitting in one of those chairs with a hole in it, and it's weird. Um, See, it's a toilet. I guess that's a toilet. You, but you know, you took the evolution in a different way to what I was thinking. I was thinking an end to seatbelts. 
just attach ourselves to the seat by our nuts. No need for a seatbelt. Just use like a Lego connection. We're golden. Oh, see, I'm now I've moved us into being um, modularized people. So we could just like sort of sort of take off our different, you know, packages as, as desired. So like a cell phone, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I don't want this attachment anymore. I'm gonna get this new one. Uh, all right. I think that's enough nut coverage for the day. I've, I've made a lot of parts of you square. I just thought about that. That's sort of interesting. I need to come up with some other shapes. I was thinking, I was thinking about, uh, can I give you more sides? I always wonder if I can, you know, there's a lot of people tend to be pretty round. Can I sort of fit you into sort of an octagonal type situation? So maybe that's for another, another day. Uh, Tony, I did want to real quick at the top of the show. So I don't get hung up on in the end and then forget is talk about our schedule for the next couple of weeks, um, which is slightly uncertain. So I, we, I, I will be off. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit today, but I'm busting out of Vegas for temporarily anyways, have to go home and back to Chicago and settle up my personal affairs, uh, meaning property <laughs> and then, uh, get, and then get back here and I will not be driving back, uh, ever again, um, across the country. I'll be getting on an airplane and meeting my crap here, um, Hopefully, please, Lord, I hope if, if I have to drive back, it means something else awful will happen. But um, hopefully I'll just be boarding an airplane mask mask on and uh, uh, sitting comfortably for just a couple of hours before I um, am back uh, and living here full time. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be taking a 10 day drive across the country because we're never going to do it again. I hope so. We're going to be taking a long route through some fun cities. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but next week, Tony, I don't know if you've got anything planned. If you guys see a show, you know, be, be happy about it because that meant Tony, that Tony spried up and said, I'm going to go get one of my other buddies to do this shit with me. Or he's going to talk by himself for a half hour. Like I did that one time. So. <laughs> I definitely won't be doing that, but uh, yeah, I definitely could see getting a buddy involved. So I'm not sure which we one at this stage. Back. Yeah, we should be back the following week. It may not be, it likely will not be the following Tuesday. It'll likely be the following Wednesday or Thursday. So, um, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my update. So, you know, I, I'm not, I will not be, I, every part of my being wants to apologize, but I will not no. be apologizing, Tony. I'm not, I can't do it. Nor should you. Uh, I'm like no. you, but I'm a forever apologist, and I yeah. think when you do it so often, it loses some meaning. Be sorry for shit you're actually sol sorry about. You're not sorry that you're missing a show because you're making the big move to Las Vegas um, and, and cleaning up all your affairs in Chicago. Now, my number one question, forget about road trip in regards to the move, is will you be changing sports teams to... Las Vegas or California, say with basketball, or um, if if Vegas got an NBA team, I would get on it. I'd be the C, I'd be in line for season tickets. I'd be trying to find a buddy that I could split them with. If the if Vegas gets an NBA team, I am on. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to just quit the Bulls or anything, but I I will just start going to those games because it is so much easier to get anywhere here. I mean. People are talking about how the town is filling up. I know it is. I know there's a lot of influx of population here, and there has been for the last 20 years. I mean, yeah. But 
the infrastructure here is still far more capable of handling everybody than Chicago's. So getting anywhere in Chicago, I mean, to, for me to get to a Bulls game takes an hour. Um, yep. For me to get anywhere here takes me 20 minutes. I mean, you can get from <laughs> any side of town to any other part of town in 20 to 25 minutes at almost any part of the day, unless there's yep. an accident or something, right? Um, so I can get to the T-Mobile Center where the uh, Golden Knights play 15 minutes from here. It's 15 minutes from the south end of town where our, our friend uh, Brian lives. It's maybe 20 minutes or 15 plus, a couple extra depending if you want to even come from somewhere like Anthem or Summerlin, the corners yep. of the town, you know? So you really just can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so I'll be on board to drive 15-ish minutes to go uh, watch whatever team uh, if they if they do get a basketball team here. Uh, football, I don't care about. We know that. I'm not, I don't really give a shit about football anyways. So I would love to go to Allegiant Stadium. It looks dope. So it I would does. love to go see... Yeah. A game there. I actually was thinking I'd go to like a UNLV game so I didn't have to fight the NFL crowd. I'll just go hang out in the stadium and watch the college team. <laughs> That's fine. Um, now, and then, uh, yeah. Because I'm not from America, what would change first if you were to have both professional and college teams in a state that you moved to? Would you change your allegiances to your college team ever? Or would it be only the professional cha- team that you would change allegiances to? Well, with college, there's so many teams. I don't think you have to change allegiance. I think if I, I think if it were, I mean, if I were going to somehow have another Big Ten school that I rooted, for, I mean, I just can't imagine being like, no, now I like Michigan. I just that's just not something I would ever yep. do. But here, I, I don't think it's changing anything. It's just like, well, it's the local team. I, I don't mind going to watch a running Rebels basketball game. I mean. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me, you know, um, pro. I think it's all just you're just rooting for laundry. Right. I mean, I didn't go to school at the Bulls or something. Yeah, I don't care. I have no I have no like emotional connection other than nostalgia. Right. I mean, that's really that's really it. I don't have a bunch of money tied up in in the Bulls <laughs> like I do with college. So uh, uh, or like experiences beyond going to the game and watching them when I was nine or ten. So I think it's different. Um, but I guess I'm not going to change to a, become a UNLV fan. I don't really care. I mean, yep. I guess I'd root for them against if they're playing fucking Brigham Young. <laughs> I'll be like, oh fuck that! I'll go go Rebels, baby. But that's the same I with any Brigham Young to win. Yeah, you're almost you'd almost uh, barrack for or support uh, Liberty University compared to Brigham Young. Uh, well, <laughs> boy, that's a lot of perverts. So you got a lot of perverts there in one in one sort of zone. You got a sort of what type of pervert do you want to get into? I don't know. Um, we we hey we I guess here we got our share of them too, right? So it, the Mountain West is pervert central. Um, <laughs> it's wild out here. Um, no, but I'm pumped to go to to go check out uh, to go check out some of the stuff here like that. But. Um, it hasn't hasn't come about. It does look like they're building. You know, you know, James Dolan is building a stadium out here. Oh Jesus Christ! Did you know that they're building no. like an MSG facility. Uh, one of his, one of his, his, it's his company. They're building this big, like, rat, very round looking structure arena. Um, and for what? If they're building a separate arena for basketball, then the one, the brand new one they already have for hockey. That's that's Vegas to a T right there. You yep. got to love that. I mean, it's not that they won't be able to fill them both up with shit because there's shit here 
endlessly and there yep. will be for a while. Right. They, I mean, one night they'll have JLo there and they'll have Taylor Swift at the other one and who cares, you know, fine. But it's just, it's just such a waste of resources. I mean, <laughs> I mean Chicago, Chicago does not have two world-class arenas like, like this and, or, and has, you know, five times the amount of people. Um, although at any given point here on a, on the right day, they have, they have that many people plus, yep. um, in Las Vegas at a time. So maybe, maybe it does make sense. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's, he's getting his shit together. James Dolan meandering about, I wonder if he'll be the one who starts a team here. That would be interesting. I wonder whether he would ever sell his stake in the Knicks and maybe keep it in MSG, but I can't say that. If you want to see something truly terrible, i.e. not the, not the world's worst music ever because it's actually very, very competent musicians behind somebody who is truly uninspired because he can afford to hire the world's best musicians. No, who, sure, yeah, he's insanely wealthy, yeah. Yeah. So James Dolan has a blues band. Oh, and yeah. it is... I've seen this. Absolutely terrible. You can tell the musicians that are a part of the band are dying inside. It's just a gig for them. And, gee, they're, they're handsomely rewarded, but... Boy, is it soulless? Yeah, they're very bad. Uh, it's not good. But those—I mean, they're—they're they're fine studio musicians. But good lord, are, is that a very—is that—is he—he's awful. Um, it's not quite as bad. Have you seen the Steven Seagal thing where he's playing the guitar or whatever? Yep. That one. I love that one so much. I could watch that all day. It's so funny. But uh, go check that out. Look for Steven Seagal playing guitar. It's like a 10-second riff. It's really stupid. Uh, but Steven Seagal is more entertaining because he's even less talented than James 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 Dolan <laughs> and even less self-aware and a bigger <laughs> bastard. If you know anything about Steven yeah, Seagal, awful, yeah. he yeah, is a dick. terrible human being. Like James Dolan, not a nice guy, but Steven Seagal, just an absolute fucking scumbag. Uh, sorry, I just had to, I had to make a quick note on our show notes because I just thought of an important piece of news that we have to cover later. That's a that's a that's some foreshadowing for you. Um, so our Discord, Tony Discord's been popping off a little bit. Boy, um, has it ever! And and not uh, just in one place. It's it's been going off with some pastry bot. Certainly a, a shit ton of gambling. Um, but yeah, we've had some gambling going on. Um, yeah, so we've had some good stuff. You guys have to get on the old uh, Discord with us. Uh, just send us a note on Instagram or send us an email. We will add you to the Discord. You can chit-chat with us and with some other people that are cool. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I did I did throw out, well, actually, let me go just kind of chronologically yeah. here. Um, had our friend Tyler posting some milkshake IPA. This was an interesting one. Actually, nice color on this. A little mango, mango sorbets from uh, from Mars. I'm looking forward to getting back to Mars once or twice before I uh, leave Chicago. Um, but that looks like a nice beer. Um, and can you have a milkshake IPA that isn't like drinking straight vanilla and, and milk? I guess, but, I mean, it does look good. So I'm not sure if it fits the category. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think it can be other things, but can it be a milkshake IPA that doesn't taste like that? No, because that's the definition of a milkshake IPA to me. If it doesn't right, have vanilla just, especially, you, you need that to call it a milkshake IPA. 
I think so, yeah. Otherwise, it's just sorbet, and maybe that's what they call sorbets, but why is that a milkshake? I don't know. Anyways, that's fine. I do want to try it. It sounds good. Had some chit-chat about uh, doing some food reviews. Love that. Uh, I did just dis- I disturb our listeners by posting uh, the Joey's World <laughs> Tour video. Uh, Joey's World Tour is an extremely fucked up thing to watch. If you, you if you click on this video and really watch it for even one second, it's just you know him doing his really high pitched voice. Boy, speaking of an awful person, Joey from Joey's World Tour is an absolute lunatic uh, and just a bad guy. Period. Um, with horrible opinions. So, uh, but hey, you can sit through nine minutes of him going like, and then talking about a chicken sandwich or whatever. So, uh, did you watch it, Tony? Did you sit through it? I have not, but because I have seen some of his other reviews in the past. Yeah. Am I? Me, 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 me. He's opening the sandwich up and doing that stupid sound. It's so good. <laughs> Look, at least he's got a hook. Because how many other people do these fast food reviews that don't have a hook? He may be a terrible person. He may be something I only ever watch for three or four minutes. I can't watch Uh, ten minutes of that. I got to, like, blast through it, man. It's awful. I don't know whether you're the same, but when you're watching a lot of YouTube videos, I have my finger on the arrow key and I just... Yeah, I'm just zipping through it, yeah. Or I do the um, um, thing that makes everybody look like a mental patient. I don't think I could do it um, to Joey's because that would just be fucked up. Is speed it up. Speed it up Oh, too. God, don't do that to Joey's. No, you don't want that. Yeah. Um, I did like this guy that Nick – so our friend Nick Torque posted um, this feller, Greg's Kitchen, at the Red Rooster getting the Red Rooster 495 sub lunchbox. Um, and I did enjoy this guy quite a bit because he had this sort of <laughs> kind of, um, forced childlike wonder at everything he was getting. He's like, Oh, I love red rooster potato and gravy, you know, just doing that forever. And I was like, this is interesting. And he's just staring at sort of up like with big kind of glowing eyes. Like, look at this sandwich. I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, honestly, it looked, uh, not great to me, but for the price, I sort of thought for what you were getting from a place, I don't know about Red Rooster Tony. Um, I know that it looked better than anything I've ever gotten from a subway by a long shot. Well, in that case, looks can be deceiving because to say Red Rooster is very average is an understatement. There is only one thing edible on the Red Rooster menu and that is their deep fried pineapple rings. They're, they're battered and <laughs> deep fried. That. They are the only wow. things worth eating, full stop. Red Rooster is atrocious. There is a reason why Red Rooster has gone bankrupt. So, oh, no. Yeah. The Red Rooster in my town, I don't know whether I spoke about this on the last show, but we were talking about how Hungry Jack's, a.k.a. BK, is coming to the next town over, and that is actually going to be in place of where the Red Rooster was. So that'll be where the uh, the yeah. Red Rooster formerly was because it, it shut down three or four months ago because they went bankrupt. They really don't have an I- identity. Red Rooster used to be a um, rotisserie chicken place, but then they tried to compete with KFC. Then they tried to do salads. So you really want fast food <laughs> chicken and salads. Um, they had a sumo salad, salad bar, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, 
This sounds like a like the like racks used to be here or something like that, which would it's like, well, we'll, we'll have a salad bar. Or, oh, well, maybe we'll try some, you know, some other different thing. And it just never quite works out. Um, so, Tony, the one thing I wanted to ask you about with the Red Rooster was something Nick mentioned here. So he talks about the, the chicken's bad and the, they got the bad fries or whatever. But um, the worst part about Red Rooster, according to Nick, is they are uh, is their relentless sell when you're ordering 50 questions to squeeze an extra two bucks from you so what does that mean uh, what are they doing that's like uh you hey do you want i mean are they like hey do you want an ice cream cone hey do you want a you know extra drink or something what is, what is, what's the deal with that yeah it's, it's upsizing it's extra food it's it's normally always related to sides or or rather adding like an extra wing or an extra piece of chicken to your box. They often sure. have, not only are they talking about it, but they often have tags. You know how they have their name tag either on the same side as their name tag or on the opposite side of the yeah, uniform. The yeah. Have you tried our yeah. new yeah. same thing that tastes super shitty but has a new name thing? Um, yeah. Always trying to upsell desserts, savoury things, new items, old items, um, things masquerading as discounts. Um, so you, you can try this for a dollar. What if I was to have this by itself? Oh, it'll cost you a dollar. You're not saving anything by, by packaging right, yeah, with a meal that you're having. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just your relentless fast food upsell. But they've got nothing yeah. that's worth, worth trying. Anything on the Burger King menu is better. Anything oh, on wow. the McDonald's menu is better other than... Maybe a McDonald's wrap. McDonald's wraps are truly awful. Yeah, those aren't good. I would I would not be getting the wrap at McDonald's. Um, uh, and honestly, I didn't think I didn't like the look of the chicken sandwich no. that Joey was eating. I didn't like the look of the McDonald's one. Um, did not that one didn't didn't strike me as particularly attractive. I, I've spoken on here already. I I think the Burger King, Burger King or Popeyes, you got to do. But hey, if you want to watch Joey just scream, you can do that on, on there too. But. Um, so that's the update on Chicken Wars 2020. That was last year. It's just sort of still going now. So I'm just we're just we're just in the past, Tony. We're we're living in the past. Um, once Subway comes out with a chick new chicken thing because their chicken thing, Ugh. boy, you want to talk about something <laughs> awful? They have that chicken where it's like got the lines colored on it with a pen or whatever. That is that is an unpleasant. That they heat up eat, by but, sticking in a microwave, which is always delightful. Yeah, yeah, that ain't good. Um, so that was uh, that, that looked delicious. We all love it. Yeah, let's get let's get our hands on some gloopy red rooster and some Joey's World Tour. And then today, our friend Max was out at uh, the other day was out at uh, Citizens Bank Park catching a Phillies game. I was kind of jealous of that. I sort of wouldn't mind going to a ball game these days, but um, drinking some beer. So that looked cool. Uh, a little discussion about some of the beer uh, options available at ballparks these days. So that was good. And then finally, Tony, uh, I threw out looking for some tips about my big coast-to-coast -coast drive coming up. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, the advice I received um, on maybe some things I might do, you know, what are some tips for how this might be, how can I make this more fun? Uh, our friend W. Tudes told us um, to keep the car on the road, stay on the right side, don't drink and drive, and don't fall asleep. I, I promise to do most of those. Uh, 
I could try the alphabet game. I don't know what the alphabet game is. Is that just saying the alphabet? I don't know. Uh, I know most of the letters, though. I just want to pat myself on the back for that. Yeah, once and, it, uh, once I get past T, that's when I start to struggle it's in dicey. the alphabet. Yeah, it's dicey. And then um, looking at look at animals, look at cows. I do that all the time. We're driving through the entire state of Kansas. I think I'll have no trouble seeing some cows and horses. Um, so thanks to W Tudes and Corey for the tips on, uh, well, uh, Corey did give me, uh, some advice that I could listen to podcasts. He didn't actually give me any podcasts to listen to. Um, but he did mention I could do it if I wanted to. And, but I couldn't record one while I drive. Although I think, uh, Tony, I think you and I could do this. I think we could do this while I drive because I really yep. don't know. Am I, am I really coming up with anything so thoughtful or interesting that I would get distracted and careen off the road? I don't know. I don't think so. No. You absolutely can record a podcast while you're driving. That They were some of the earliest podcasts that were available were people driving and talking on their way to work and then they, they would post those. Uh, podcast recommendations. Behind the Bastards would be one that I really enjoy. So if you're looking for some of the, the worst people in history, not just Behind Hitler. The bricks. <laughs> not just Hitler, but but people that we know in our modern world to be bastards. Oh, sure. there, there was a recent two-part expose on Doctor. Did you want to take a guess? Doctor? Yeah. Not Dr. Nick, but he's a TV doctor. Oh, Dr. Oz. Yes, Dr. Mehmet Oz. Um, yeah. Truly horrible person that he's probably killing oh, yeah. a few hundred people a year through his uh, shilling of bad advice. Hor- horrible advice. I mean, terrible advice. And um, another one, of course, if you're a big fan of shitting on it, Alex Jones, Knowledge Fight. I've mentioned it a million times, but I will continue to, sh- to shill for those guys. They entertain me every time. There's nothing like having Alex Jones called out for the shit he does all the time. Like start his broadcast off in a panic and then within a minute he's selling his supplements. Amazing. I, I He's a skilled salesman. Um, is hey, another really? podcast you guys should listen to is this one. Uh, so I want to recommend this podcast. You can like it and subscribe to it and review it if you want even. Yeah. Uh, how you do any of those things, actually, as I've said before, I don't really know. But you could do those things, you know, like subscribe, Write us a review. Tell us how good we are. Do not go down there and tell us how bad we are. If you hate us, then just just don't say anything. Yeah, you, you should have anything. turned us off by now. And if you hate yeah, listening yeah. to us, well, then you love us in a way. Yeah, that was most of TAI's listenership, really. I mean, yeah, I, boys. I, would argue. <laughs> I still have PTSD about that that program. <laughs> I st- I just like bringing it up. Um, so, Tony, we were drinking this week. I was drinking a lot this week. So I'm going to turn it over to you first for some beers of the week because I, I have a whole set of beers to talk about. So what, what do you got? What have you been, what have you been taking down this week? Well, I, I picked up a couple that I haven't put on untapped yet because I picked up a four-pack of each, and, and those are, are, are Dayton's um, beers that um, there's a – which seems to be really popular in Australia. I don't know whether – they're having trouble getting Galaxy and other Australian-grown hops out to America, but there seems to be a lot of wet hopped hazies in the market right now. And okay. so this is the second one I've had recently. Um, really nice beer, but I wouldn't go chasing it down. And the other one was a red 
um, New England style IPA, which is okay. Well, sort of odd color in yeah, that case. It is, but they weren't my highlights. My highlights were two beers that I mentioned to you, I think, off air, and they were the Mr. Banks beers. Now, Mr. Banks um, had a coffee um, waffle house beer that had blueberries in it, and right. it was delicious some time back. But I had both their Cool Whip, which was a fruited sour, which is just magnificent, right up my alley. And, yeah, was a huge fan of that. But it was topped by their Freak Shake, which is a mm-hmm. pastry stout. It was a five out of five. It was an amazing beer. It had some unusual ingredients, um, but... You'll be a big fan of the first adjunct that they mentioned. or Well, it's actually the first ingredient they mentioned, and that is toasted coconut. So Yeah, send, send it up, baby, to more toasted coconut. You know I'm looking at that. Yep. It was an amazing pastry stout. It's exactly what you want. It's $21 a can. and oh. so You could get five, four or five Red Rooster boxes for that, for God's sake. Yep. And you would get no enjoyment out of it at all. It's um, money well spent in my view. Depends on what time it is. Sure. 11.5% doesn't give me an IBU count, but boy, was it an amazing beer. I'm almost thinking about going back and getting another one. That's how good it was. And I don't often go back and get um, beers that are that expensive. Did you want to take a guess at the current ranking on untapped um just just give me give me the give me the straight description here of of this from the okay from the brewery um well this is the details on untapped imperial pastry stout conditioned with toasted coconuts tahitian vanilla beans and a single origin guatemalan coffee from our good mates Mm. at common folk coffee this one is up there, rich, decadent chocolate, big coconut, smooth vanilla with an ep- epic coffee kick. Smooth, full-flavoured, contains lactose. Mm-hmm. What's the alcohol, 11, you said? 11.5%, and there are 240 check-ins, which for Australia and a beer that big is quite a lot of check-ins. Quite a lot. Um, boy, Australia, you got to even it out here. If this were Horace, this would be like 45 Four nine or something. So I'm going to say this is like a four point two one or something like that. I I cannot give it to you. You would have been pretty close with your your Horace call. Two hundred and forty check ins. Four point four one. Wow, that's pretty good. That's that's, that's amazing. Good. Yeah, that's awfully good for a uh, Australian beer. Usually, usually you guys top out at like four point two. I know, and, um, and that that's a big beer, and for the majority of people to be to be loving it, at least, least a good percentage of them are up in the four and a half and above. That is that is amazing. I've never seen a beer That's that awesome. high with that many check-ins. I've seen beers with sixty or seventy check-ins be that high, but not not with that number. Gonna, you guys, you guys, palate's about to get ruined. You're going to start having beers <laughs> like this now, and you're all going to be drinking sweet sugar stuff forever. I love it. Um. Yeah, Tony, I was out drinking yesterday. I uh, went to a little bottle share. Uh, our our good friend, my, uh, Frank, uh, invited us over to the to the homestead because he was trying to get me homesick for Chicago. 
And he had a bunch of revolution that he had gotten shipped to him. So he had a crowler of a beer, Tony, called Deeth Weavers. Now, I, th- I know that you're familiar with Deeth Star. I told you about Deeth Star, the, the kind of base flagship of the de- of the Deep Woods uh, thing. What's up? I was just going to mention that is this um, – is this – is it Three Weavers or is it somebody else? I recently had one of their collabs with an Australian um, company. If that's okay. if it's a collab beer, so it's interesting. It's not. I don't oh. know why it's called Deeth Weaver. Oh. Um, it's uh, it's uh, this was a, a non unpackaged. They only put it in crawlers. They didn't. They didn't can this. Um, they mailed it on draft at the at the tap room. And this was a micro blend of extra old Death Star sweet component. So this must be the barrels that are reading sweet that they use as the sweet part of any blend of what they make for Death Star. So probably a couple years old. It's the sweet part. And uh, there's no adjuncts. It's just malt-derived flavors. Um, and it says they have a flavor of chocolate, marzipan, and raisin with a wondrously expressive Samoa cookie-like lumber profile. It's Lumber just assertive profile. enough to balance its generous sweetness and not dominate the finish. So this is a barrel aged bourbon barrel aged stout that was the in the blend. They considered these barrels the component that they would use to add sweetness to the overall blend. Um, this beer was super good. Uh, they describe it like ten pounds of deeth in a five pound bag. <laughs> like um, it. It's it's very sweet compared to original D Star. The the D Star, the core beer is is pretty dry, oh, um, really? and and bitey. This beer was pretty sweet and not. It had a lot of bourbon character without a lot of alcohol fuselness or whatever. You know. Yep. Um. It was it was not that. It had bourbon taste, but without the bourbon heat. Um. And it was pretty sweet, pretty like coconut, uh, maybe like vanilla y. You know. Um. But without the adjunct. And I loved it. I thought it was delicious. So that was a, a big highlight from the weekend. Another from that share was a beer called, uh, that I've talked about on here, Cuvée de Grasse. This year's Cuvée de Grasse from Revolution. Opened a can of that. I mean, that's the insane blend of Ryeway and Straight Jacket Sweet and Thundertaker and, and the Ryeway Straight Jacket blend. Even All a bad- of them mixed together. Even and a bad killer. blend of this is going to be great, but it sounds like they've done it well and it's just a just a perfect beer. Yeah, Cuvée de Grasse is totally nuts. Yeah, it's like 11 barrels of D-Star Sweet, 7 barrels of Ryeway Dry, 14 barrels of Straight Jacket Sweet, 2 barrels of Thundertaker, 2 barrels of Ry- a Ryeway Straight Jacket Barrel Blend. Um, it was... Stupid. Uh, very enjoyable. I got four cans waiting for me at my at our friend Tyler's house, uh, and I'm be getting my hands on them pretty much right away when I, when I get home. So uh, that's very exciting to me. Very good about that. A uh, bunch of other good stuff we opened up too. I mean, beers that you know the the world knows I like. We opened a Sponton Cherry. We opened some Mickler Bauhaus. We. Um, and spread it around, did it over like six, seven hours. So we didn't even get really tipsy or anything. So, uh, good hang, good time. Uh, thanks to our buddy Frank for, uh, for, for inviting me out, had an awesome time. Uh, and for my last weekend in Vegas, it was a lot of fun. Um, 
Tony, any other any other favorite beers from the week, or should we jump to everyone's favorite segment? Let's jump to everybody's favorite segment. All right, it's Griff's Lager of the Week. Okay. I think that there drop needs more reverb. More reverb I, is yeah, what it needs. Enough, yeah. uh-huh. um, Griff's Lager of the Week is brought to you by me, Griff. Uh, no sponsor for this segment yet, uh, fortunately. But we'll get one, don't worry. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor our segment, uh, I don't know, email me and I'll figure yeah. something out. Sure, S- you can send, sponsor this segment. Do you brew lager? Are you just a guy? Send, you know, tell me and I'll, I'll find, figure out a way you can sponsor this. I would love to, I would love to find a sponsor for this and re- and send me an ad to read. If you want to send me an ad to read, I will also do that. So. And it doesn't uh, even have to be for a real, real product. could be a sex yeah, toy. I actually, well, sex toys are, are real products and I, yeah, actually would enjoy that if, if somehow we got dildos or something were a part of our show for some reason. I don't know why they would be, but okay. Uh, so my logger of the week this week is the low and slow Hellas from Westbrook brewing in South Carolina. This beer was extremely good. I got it in my Tavor box. It is a, a Hellas lager. Um, I only got two cans of it. I probably paid way too much for it. I think I paid eight bucks for two cans. Nice. Um, That's bad. But, uh, brewed with the finest German Pilsner malt, noble hops, matured in a horizontal tank for at least two months. Clean, crisp, and exceptionally well-balanced. Thank you, sir. May I have another? I agree. This was a delicious beer. Um, Westbrook makes this whole low and slow series. I think they do in low, a low and slow pills or something along those lines. Um, also, and, uh, I'd had this beer before in South Carolina, but it is, a uh, it was killer. I was excited to see it on Tavor and I got myself a couple cans and really enjoyed it. So, uh, congrats to you guys for getting the Griff's Lager of the Week <laughs> award. Yes. Now, Munich Hellas is one of those beers that you can drink at any time. If I was going to pick a breakfast lager, that would probably be it. If I was going to crack one early in the morning, not just because I'm an alcoholic, but I want to enjoy the beer. Or, or maybe we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be one I'd pick. In Chicago in the middle of winter, that would be one I'd pick. Vegas, middle of summer, that would be one I'd pick. It's just to yeah, me, anytime. it drinks so easy and it's just, I've very rarely had a bad Munich Hellas. I've had exceptional examples but even even a semi-decent example is always drinkable big fan of that style absolutely totally agree um excellent excellent beer um i was i was happy to get my hands on it um tony are you getting your hands on any lager these days when are we going to get tony's lager of the week look we we don't get a lot of it we haven't got into many of the Italian pills. It got hot for a split second. And I think our brewers, because there's so much demand and so little supply, I think we'll see a shift come this summer. Last year was a unique mm-hmm. sort of thing where where brewers were having trouble keeping up. I do occasionally get one... Um, a brewery that's semi-local to me um, that I've talked about, Sailor's Grave, often do lagers. Um, but we're very much more seasonable. So um, 
I think you'll see change in summer. We won't get craft lagers all through winter. Craft lager I use um, just in in place of, of, of macro stuff. Yes, we get macro stuff, but I'm yep. not going to mention Otinga or or Victorian yep. bitter or, or Foster's lager, which is not a thing in Australia. To be fair, I, I I mean, well, we Foster's Lager is weirdly popular here in Vegas, by the way. I don't know why, and I think it's awful. But um, it, uh, uh, hey, I mean, I, I, I Freem Pills was my Lager of the week like six weeks in a row. So whatever. <laughs> um, just throw it's it's Otinger again for for Tony. So congrats. It, um, I had some this yeah. week, and it was absolutely perfect. It was um, my football team had just had the third win for the season. I was feeling good, um, just needed something super drinkable. Uh, it's, it's a really good bargain beer. It's it's probably similarly priced to, um, I don't know, what's, what's a budget beer that's not super budget in America, like that comes in under like Paps? Oh, and it tastes good? Well, I mean, that's the problem for us. Um, I, I, we tend to not have good tasting cheap beer. Yeah. Because um, for me, it's hams probably, but yep. See, I like I like Paps, um, but it, it's priced another twenty dollars a, a carton north of where Otinger is in Australia. But yeah, um, yeah compared compared to um, other shitty American beers, it's it's the best of a bad bunch that we get here that isn't like priced out for what it is. I mean, I wouldn't bother with something like Stella or Heineken. Those are in the higher price range, but they taste like ass. I mean, who cares? Yeah, they're awful. Heineken's flat out nasty to me. I don't, I don't, don't let me touch that. I think it's 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 palatable, just palatable on tap in bottles, shit house, um, in cans. It's fine on tap. It's it's fine. It's not. It's my. Not my first choice, but if I had a choice between that and Bud Light, I'm probably picking Heineken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. So, Tony, it was my last weekend in Vegas this past weekend. I mentioned I uh, had that little bottle share. Um, went out for a little hang last week um, with some beer folks out here. Went to a new bar in town. I don't know if I talked about this before, Tony, but there's a new bar in town called the Silver Stamp. And Tony, we have to get you to this bar come hell or high water. Um, this is probably one of my like five favorite beer bars I've ever been to. Um, wow, that is a huge compliment in, because you've been to some downtown Las Vegas, yeah, magnificent ones. So, in downtown Las Vegas, there's a a world class beer bar. That is yep, surprising. It's in the Arts District. It is not in the Fremont Street part of town. It's in the part of town, uh, the part of downtown known as the Arts District. Um, so about, I would call this, uh, uh, like Imperial and California, something like that. Um, maybe. And, uh, it's, it's tucked away in this old ratty looking building, like everything is in the arts district. And, um, they have made the inside look like a Wisconsin tavern, sort of. Um, it's got all kinds of like seventies brewery on a, uh, on the walls, but just nicely laid out. It's got sort of retro booths and tables and chairs, but everything matches nice. It's good. And then they have these big retro beer can murals um, of all your favorite 
retro beers. So Carling Black Label and Old Style and Blatz and Schlitz and, um, you know, so on and so forth, right? Old Corona cans and all kinds of stuff. I mean, all the 70s beer cans, 60s beer cans are in there. Um, it's really well put together. Uh, it's not campy. Um, I, it sounds like it's campy. It's not campy. It's sort of campy kitschy, I guess is the right word to describe it. It's not, it's not a full on camp fest. Um, good music. And it's a, the, the beer they specialize runs the gamut. Um, on their draft list right now, they have Lone Star, for example, (laughs) from Texas. And then they have, uh, like Saison DuPont and, uh, Cuvée d'Arpig and, uh, uh, um, what's the, uh, shit, uh, they have, um, I'm trying to remember what's that French, like, um, sherry barrel barley wine that they have that, that is on. And then they also have West coast IPA and they have hazy IPA and they have modern times and they have, you know, it's just a, it's a well-structured beer list though. It's not scattered, but there's a nice blend. Oh, they had, um, Tony, they had X Schlenkerla Erbach. Oh, it smoked smoked Erbach, <laughs> which I drank a big old glass of um, uh, the other day. That was awesome. And they have a great bottle list, um, which includes some vintage stuff. Uh, we drank a bottle of ale apothecary, which was awesome. And uh, it's just a it's just an outstanding place. So, and then they sell hot dogs on a roller grill and um, pickled eggs. So, yep. Now. Goddamn kick-ass. I, I love that place, and I cannot wait to live in proximity to it. Yep. Now, for people that, that aren't perhaps familiar with the um, arts district, the closest, like, Vegas touchstone I can give people is it's almost opposite the Little White Chapel, if people know where that is in Vegas. Sure. Um, yep. it's, it's basically opposite that, tucked sort of a street behind as, as it sort of branches out diagonally. So um, if you make your way to the Little White Chapel, get yourself married, then grab a couple of beers at, at the Silver Stamp. Yeah, it's um, essentially it's the part of town that's in between, um, uh, we'll say, um, the Main Street Station and the Stratosphere. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of yeah. if, if you went diagonal, if you, if you went as the crow flies from the plaza, to the stratosphere, you would fly directly through the center of the arts district. Absolutely um, perfect um, line. I'm I'm looking at Google Maps, and yes, you you picked a perfect line. As the crow flies, that's exactly where you w- you would sort of end up. Um, yep. And, so if, and if, don't if, drive down there right now. The construction, <laughs> the construction on Vegas Boulevard between Charleston and the Strat oh. is a fucking disaster, dude. It is hell, um, but. <laughs> It's, uh, it's otherwise you can find another way. Just take just take yeah. Main Street. That's so if you if you're heading up from um, Las Vegas Boulevard and you hit um, Rick's um, Gold and Silver Pawn Shop, you've gone way too far. Um, well, not way too far, but you not have gone necessarily. Too far. You you could you can um, it it's sort of that's sort of in a different. Area actually, you haven't gone too far. If you, oh, if you're coming from the stratosphere, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you go too far. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I was thinking if coming if you're from coming, where I am, from downtown. if you're coming from, if you're coming from downtown, downtown you, you haven't gone far enough. Yeah, yeah, you yeah you're right on track. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I call it now the Brian Malika Memorial Comedy Stage. <laughs> um, 
you know, this is funny side note about the arts district, Tony. Um, I was sitting over at, when we went out the other day, we, we met up for lunch at, with these guys at, at Abel, Abel Baker, which I've talked about on here. I yep. think the brewery in town and, um, uh, across the street, there is this building that I thought was just an interesting building. And I was always like, you know, it'd be an interesting place to have something like a bottle shop because there's not really one down here. Um, we have two different, like nice independent tap rooms and these breweries, but we don't really have anything where you can sell package, you know, well, and, um, uh, somebody had purchased that building, Tony. So the building had a big mural on it and it said wise guys comedy club on it now. So it's a, it's becoming a comedy club. So I, of course, take a picture of it and send it to our uh, resident comedian. You know, yep. the show's the show's official comedian, uh, our friend Brian. And uh, he told me that, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, Pauly Shore owns that. Pauly Shore bought that building and is opening a comedy club right there in the Arts District, which I thought was pretty cool. When I, th- I thought about it for a second, I was like, Pauly Shore, I mean, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? It's really cool that we're going to have a comedy club that's not part of a casino yeah um that's a big step i think for for vegas uh just in general you know in terms of cultivating any kind of art or anything here is sort of removing it from the casino you know what i mean yeah um, it, as it becomes a fully functioning while still casino dominant city but a real city with, right. with other attractions outside of casinos now i have i have two thoughts well one thought and, and one sighting one interaction my thought is paulie shaw while his comedy stylings are not my favorite these days they might have been when i was 13 big fan of Encino Man and and even some of his oh, terrible sure. movies like uh, biodome if you remember that what was that what was that army Oh, show, yeah, yeah, in the army now. Yep. So, that one. yeah, yeah. His, his comedy stylings are not for me. Has a huge lineage in owning comedy clubs. His mother, Mitzi Shaw, comedy owned, store, I think, yeah. owned the owned the store in LA for many many years. Mm. Well, both yep. his parents did, but they had a messy divorce. But the other note on Paulie Shaw and Las Vegas, the first celebrity sighting I ever had was the first time I arrived in Las Vegas, nine hours late, rocked up to the Venetian at 1 o'clock for check-in, 1 a.m. That's how late I was running. Wow. And That's high-end for you, Tony, staying at the Venetian. What happened from the next time you went? You were staying at the Circus Circus and the Gold Spike. <laughs> well, uh, our listeners weren't quite as generous the second time round. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. So, um, <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> I um, checked in, was walking to my room, and who do I see with two clearly prostitutes hanging off his arm? Paulie Shaw, my Paulie first Shore. Ce- first celebrity sighting in Vegas. My first one was Carrot Top. First, my first, the first celebrity I ran into was Carrot Top at the uh, at Scott Conant's DOCG in the Cosmopolitan. Uh, odd, unusually ripped carrot. I mean, just just oh. tore up Carrot Top. He's Looks crazy. Ro- I mean, roided out oh. like wild um, with uh, with a couple of ladies. Um, they if they were prostitutes, they were high class. I'll say that they were they were good looking women, um, but you know clearly were. I don't know. I mean, Caratop's probably pretty wealthy. Did, oh, does Caratop sure. have to pay for people to hang out with him, or is he just sort of? paying for people to hang out with him in a sort of unofficial sense at least right i mean I yeah don't know. carrot top certainly uh, much more successful 
in the last 20 years than, than Portly Shaw. Damn, that's, that can't be true, can it? I he, guess it is. You look at he what he did in Vegas. Team, I'm not saying he's culturally relevant. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Carrot Top he is. He has a 15-year residency probably at yeah. Flexor. I mean, yep. that's funny. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I couldn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's hilarious. I don't know. Prop comedy, um, the highest thing. form of comedy. Just our, ask our friend Brian Malika. That and uh, musical comedy are, are two of his favourites. I know he does both of them, yeah. I, I did see Brian uh, smack a watermelon last week. It was kind of cool. You joke um, about that, but he's he was a huge fan of Gallagher growing up. I Gallagher. I, I, I have seen him do um, Pop Worth. Too. Oh, that racist cunt. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I have seen Brian do prop work. It was it was mainly involving a, a zipper and an overly tight shirt, but I uh, I have seen him do that on stage. Yeah, I think I, the only prop work I know he did was I think when he was going for job interviews. I don't think he was. I don't think he was doing comedy. Um, another thing we got into this weekend. Um, we had a friend who had a birthday this weekend, of course. Um, so we got into some shit. Uh. Went um, went to a nice dinner. Uh, we were expo- supposed to go to Top Golf. Tony, are you familiar with what Top Golf is? Is it a driving range? Sort of. It's a fancy driving range. It's sort of like a driving range if you combined it with like a like a outdoor Dave and Buster's. Is that a weird way to describe it? It's just got that vibe to me. Or like a pinstripes or something. You probably don't know what those are, but they're like adult, grown up places to play games. Okay. And. Um, and uh, you have these sort of bays, like a driving range you would. But there's little TVs in there and games, and they have waiter, waiters and waitresses and servers and, and good drinks and a f- nice food menu and everything. So we had reserved a bay. And, I, I mean, it's right behind the MGM Grand. So it's, in a, it's very popular, we'll say, yep. right? It's a very popular thing to do. So we get there, and it's, it's a little bit of an ordeal. And uh, it just goes awry. I don't really want to talk about it that much. It wasn't that it, it, we had a drink, we relaxed, whatever, but it just took so long. And I went up there to ask them what happened. And they said, our computer system crashed. I'm like, were you guys going to mention that? Or did I just have to sit here forever and drink $20 cocktails? I don't know. <laughs> so whatever. That just was over. So we went over and checked out the new, um, so the Hard Rock, Tony, the Hard Rock's now the Virgin. Really? Um, Richard. Richard Branson and his crew got in there and uh, they turned it into the Virgin Hotel. And uh, Mohegan's son is running the casino, if you're familiar with that. I am. Those, that gang over there. Um, so that doesn't matter. The girls went and watched some live music. Killer, you know, that was great. We sat there too for a little bit, but I feel like we sort of got the hint that we might have been killing the vibe. So they were <laughs> like, why don't you guys go gamble? And we're like, okay. Um, so we uh, went and tried to hunt down some blackjack uh in the in the place it was not crowded so we were kind of hopeful we might find a ten dollar table on a saturday night no such luck but we found a fifteen dollar table at a game called free bet blackjack now tony have you ever heard of this i have not is this one of these wacky casino variants that is only designed for the casinos to make more money and make the odds super shitty Aha, uh-huh. and and that's what uh, a skeptic might believe. But uh, uh, of course, the shrewd gambler like myself, and certainly not Brian, who I was with, uh, <laughs> we did. We saw opportunity um, after after ber- after berating the dealer, who was like, 
well, people love this game. And then I think Brian said, uh, yeah, casinos do love games uh, that give the player more advantage. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> here's how this game goes, Tony. This is not beer-related. I apologize. Actually, I don't. Whatever. We'll talk about whatever we want. Go to hell. But we're going to talk about this table game. So this game, uh, so I'm going to tell you the bad part first. The bad part is if the dealer gets 22, you push. What? That's not yeah. blackjack. Uh, yep. That's the bad part. Now, if if I get 17 and he gets 22, he, he doesn't win. Uh, we push, right? So it just, you know, you're, you're already, your head's spinning already, I know. But the benefit you get back is that uh, if you get 9, 10, or 11 um, on your first, you know, pair, draw, yep. um, they will pay for your double down. Okay. No matter what is showing from the from the dealer. So they cover the price of the double down. So it was a $15 table. If you want to double down, you would usually have to put another 15 chips down. Yep. If you won if you won that hand, then you would get a 30 chip, $30 win, right? Yes. Um in this case, they pay for the double down. You don't do anything. And if you win, you get $30 still. Um so <laughs> great, you know. So you're okay, always I doubling 15, on it. I won 30, right? Oh, I doubled no matter yeah. what they were showing. I think it's free. Yeah. You know, what do I care? I'm, I'm going to get fucked anyways. I might as well just take one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who it's cares like even ice is showing? Out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would. we did that. I did it every time. Like, give me the free bet, baby. You know? I mean, what, what could go wrong other than what's already going wrong? Um, <laughs> and then the other one you got to do is if you had any pair, uh, any uh, if you had a pair of fours, threes, eights, nines, aces, whatever, um, they would pay for your split. So they paid for the second hand in the split. Well, you're splitting um, everything. Tens, aces, oh yeah. twos. I would split pretty much anything if it was not against a face card. Um, I don't think. No, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't split like two kings or anything. And I, they didn't let you do that. Uh, it had to be like under a nine or something okay. like that. yep. And, but, or ace, it had to be an ace or, or whatever. So, um, you, uh, you would just split anything, no matter what. I mean, uh, just a, a split, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, we ended up okay. I, uh, we, we got off to a little <laughs> rocky start, but both of us, both of us ended up walking away with a head pretty well ahead. We'll say, yep. um, from the free bet blackjack. And but but the thing you learn is that if you aren't getting nines, tens, and elevens or pairs, you're you're just fucked. You're playing regular you blackjack at a disadvantage. I Huge mean, disadvantage. Huge yeah, at a massive disadvantage. So, um, <laughs> you, you gotta you really gotta hope you're gonna get some stuff you can you can double on or split. Um, and really the doubles are the valuable ones. Um, and I I was so I was so stupid. I was sitting there. Well, I don't know. Cause the rules were all these different rules and I saw, and so I get blackjack and I look at the dealer kind of stone faced. I'm like, that's still blackjack. Right. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, it's still blackjack. I'm like, all right. I did not mess that up. So I managed to get normal pay on blackjack, but so that was the weird game, Tony. That's a, that, uh, I, we'll have to drag you over to that. You, we can see, we can see how mad you get. <laughs> you know, I'll get really mad. There's only one valid form of, 
change in blackjack, and that is going from regular blackjack to tactile blackjack with slightly different rules. I will accept that. If I yeah, get to touch the catch, then I'm... Good luck finding tactile blackjack. Well, during a pandemic, right yeah. Yeah. You ain't getting that. <laughs> Have you ventured into the, some of the downtown... I don't want to say sketchy casinos. Have you ventured into the old courthouse? Let me ask that question directly because yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah. what I'm thinking of because that's still one of my favourites. Yeah, they're only playing face face up, though. I mean, okay. it's, a, it's a shoe and it's face up. Uh, but, the place that I would say might be would be doing it if I, if I went, I haven't been there yet, is the Cal. Um, okay. I would yep. think the Cal would be the one that's doing it, but that's uh, I, I haven't gone into their table set up yet. I wouldn't mind that they're not doing it, but just in general, most of the rules at the El Cortez are more favourable to a gambler and they're less wacky than, than a lot of the uh, strip casinos or even some of the station casinos. At Silverton, they were doing single deck, but it was face up still. So, um, well, there you uh, go. That was, weird, that was weird to me is is to do the double deck or single deck, but face up because that's usually not how Silverton does it. But no, whatever. I, I like a good um, single deck or double deck game. There's something about yeah, um, odds at Silverton, so they give you six to five on single deck, which is bullshit. Yeah, I'd rather take that than your bullshit. Uh, Seven, eight, nines, and push on on bullshit. Right. Oh yeah. Well, it's the game I had, Tony. I didn't yeah, have any oh. options. We, we we got kicked out of the concert by our wives, <laughs> and we had to entertain ourselves. And this was the cheapest game we could play. <laughs> um, that and and hey, we both won. Um, you know, fifty fifty dollars at least. So. Hey, that's all right. Uh, yeah, and that, see now it's a great game, and I was I was texting yesterday and asking him, like Brian, can we go back and play more free bet blackjack? Pretty good. Um, now I've had a win gambling, um, as you know. Oh, okay, our fans may not know. I play in a regular Zoom based um, oh, yeah. blackjack game. Um, involves some former This Ain't Isle listeners and some other uh, ragtag um, nerdy worlds, but mm-hmm. so uh, we like to spice things up and and. We used to pay bonuses and stuff on, on odd hands, but we had one of the guys. I'll give you two guesses on who who cracked the shits and, and slammed his laptop shut and left after three hands. Oh. You know the people that play in the game. Did you want to take a yeah. guess? Uh, is he a Vegas resident? He is not. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't know. That doesn't strike me as a as a patch or Y two K thing to do. I'm well, it, it was patch, patch. Oh, was it really? I don't. I didn't know. I, I mean, I barely know the guy, but I, I he didn't strike me as someone who gets like excessively angry over money. I mean, <laughs> over twelve dollars. No, it's not his usual right, thing yeah, to I do. Was gonna say, I was like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's really his. No, you know. I mean, yeah. All right. So um, he he did that last week, misunderstanding a rule. But this week I I was kind of breaking even, not doing much. But we have what's called a bomb pot. It's where everybody must put in $3 pre-flop. You cannot raise. Mm -hmm. You cannot fold. um, So you can get in there with some very average hands and win. And so we have that set up on a timer. So it happens anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. And on the last hand of the night, we have these bomb pots. I managed to win... Last bomb pot of the night. It was an eighty-one dollar pot. 
which, oh, wow. which is right. a decent sized pot. So you call I, the red rooster, you could buy with that. <laughs> yeah. I had King eight. So terrible hand, not even suited. Um, but the flop came King eight, six. And there so you go. that'll do it. I had, um, Phobes was, um, Phobes was um, second to act and he was in the seat directly. I was in the seat directly behind him. So he shoved. I shoved over the top of him. Somebody else with a tiny stack shoved for $6. And Hawkeye Brad shoved, I think, in the end as well. And so, um, yeah, I ended up taking down the pot. I uh, got a full house on the top because we run two boards when people are all in. Full house on the top and my, my top two pair held up. The other guys were on straight draws. So, uh, yeah, that, top. That, that was a decent pot to drag down and I got Phobes to say, to call me, something he calls me quite regularly, but he doesn't normally put the in, expletive in front of it. He called me a fucking luck box and that just made my day wow. to, to end poker. Yeah. Brutal. Yep. Uh Hey, I love that. That's a great story, and that makes that gives me a lot of joy. Uh, to you, you managed to get everybody mad. Which I think is a nice achievement for you. <laughs> oh no, you should. Uh, when I when I play poker, I put everybody on tilt. Look, Patch occasionally puts me on tilt, but uh, yeah, I can, I can generally get everybody on tilt because I play some loose hands. Yeah, you're 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 going fast and loose. You seem like that guy who's just sort of, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. What could what's the worst that could happen today? You know. Yeah. That's me. That's me right there. That's me playing free bet blackjack. I'm like, oh, give me that. Let's do it. Uh, Tony, I want to do a quick uh, segment before our game. Uh, I want to throw out a little bit of uh, before before we leave for a couple weeks, make sure people are updated with their hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Tony, you know who John Taffer is? Do I fucking ever. I love me some bar rescue. Who doesn't know who John Taffer is? If you are looking for something to do on YouTube and you don't want to do like some Red Rooster reviews or some English fast food reviews or God forbid you don't want to do our good friend Joey, Paramount have a YouTube channel on on YouTube. Well, where else would they have a YouTube channel when you think about it? And they have all the Bar Rescue episodes and all the Bar Rescue highlight packages. They are delightful. I know it's completely scripted, but I love me some some John Taffer on TV. Are you going to tell me he's an evil person? Well, he is an evil person, but uh, more importantly, he is doing his entire next season will be here in Las Vegas. And um, uh, so when we got here in January, Tony... We had been in the arts district there, and there's a there's a handful of breweries now, and actually that's another secret, a hidden a hidden Easter egg of dork shit news that you'll get is uh, that uh, there is now a brewery district in Vegas. So the the main drag of the arts district is now known as the Brewery Row or something, and because there's like four or five breweries down in the arts district and a couple tap rooms and stuff. So one of those is a place called Nevada Brew Works. Um, and it opened really not long ago, late, late last year, we'll say, and they apparently already were visited by Mr. Taffer. Uh, they already needed rescuing a mere few months after they opened. And 
admittedly, I never went there. I will not be going there. But when I first, when I walked around, when I walked outside of it, I said that's a relatively looking nondescript looking brewery. Whatever you know, it's just it's called Nevada Brew Works. It looks like they make pizza. Uh, there's it's a nice patio. Cool, you know, don't need to go there. Just not a not a place. I you know I, I get on the unfairly get on the untapped. I see oh lager whatever. Uh, well, not even lager, like gold nail and red and pale ale or whatever. I'm just like, okay, you know. Anyways, uh, John Taffer went to Nevada Brew Works, and Tony, all I, I again without having ever been there, but walking past the outside, what I'll tell you is that what John Taffer did was just turn it into a rock bottom. Are you familiar with like rock bottom or BJ's or somewhere like that? Is this um, like a just PJ like chains? Chain, or? Like a chain brewery. Yep, gotcha. He just made this place a chain brewery. So they went from just having this somewhat nondescript building to having like flags on flag posts outside that have the names of their beers on it. And they have these kind of very like plain na- beers that just like, it's the Red Rock Pale Ale, Nevada Red, uh, um, I don't know, this uh, downtown golden ale, you know, I mean, it's just these very boring. I'm like, this is so rock bottom. Um, so there's I, the guy, John Taffer showed up to a brewery and just, he just doesn't know anything. I don't think he knows anything about breweries. I don't think that's a special specialty by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't think he's like, well, let me, what's your point of view on brewing? Do you guys want to make farmhouse beer? <laughs> Do you guys want to make hazies? And you just said, like, what's the most generic shit we can turn you into and just made it the most generic fucking thing like Robert Irvine does on Restaurant Impossible. Yep. Where they just like, okay, how do I turn this into a family owned version of Fridays? You know, Um, and I think that's essentially what happened in Nevada Brew Works. So he'll be making a whole season here. Hopefully he has some more uh, big hits like making that that boring looking brewery that I'll never go to. I do find... um his beer-focused episodes, his weakest episodes by a long margin. When he does cocktail bars, he does a much better job. I think that's what he actually knows, but um, he really struggles when it comes to... To um to beer, stuff, to beer yeah. yeah. Red Hook seems to be as event- what he sees as sort of a flagship beer. Yep. Yeah, I believe that, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Red Hook, and they probably do much more interesting stuff than these guys do, but uh, that's fine. Uh, another piece of news, Tony. Uh, this is for our friends in New Jersey, and we do have some friends in New Jersey. Governor Phil Murphy tweeted today, they are launching their Shot in a Beer program to encourage eligible New Jerseyans age 21 to get vaccinated. Any New Jerseyan who gets their first vaccine dose in the month of May and takes their vaccination card to a participating brewery will receive a free beer from Bottle River Brewing, Bradley Brew Project, sorry, Bradley Beer Project. Let me just, there's a handful here. There's um, yeah. four, seven, 12, 10, 13. 13, yeah. Here, I think. Yep. Uh, the ones I know, Carton, I'm familiar with, Flying Fish, I'm familiar with, Kane, I am familiar with. Kane is excellent brewery, and so is Carton. Um, I think I've heard of Magnify, but that's about it. Maybe, maybe just from our friend, uh, Max Allotment, but, um, 
cool. I think that's pretty good. I don't know. I like that. I uh, I was down with that. I think I'm mad that Nevada hasn't done anything like that or, or Illinois hasn't. Um, I would I would kill for that. I've talked about on this show many times that the El Cortez should be giving me money for getting a shot. They give people a shot, or they sorry, they give people money for showing them their fucking Spirit <laughs> Airlines boarding pass. So <laughs> feels like I did something better than that. Um, then fly Spirit Airlines for God's sake. So. Uh, give me something for that, but uh, I did. I did like the name of the brewery called Bolero Snort. Bolero <laughs> Snort. I wonder what that means. Um, but that was that was pretty good. That's one of the breweries, Bolero Snort. So this like the song Bolero, and then like a snort of a like a dog um, might snort. A pig might snort. Maybe. Um, real weird. That's a that's an interesting name. But anyways, I, I don't know what you think, Tony. I think that's good. I think it is, but um, boy, has it caused some controversy in the comments. Not with anti-vaxxers, which is what I thought some of the con- comments were going to be about, but those that are already vaccinated that aren't vaccinated in the month of May because it's only for those people um, actually vaccinated in the month of May. And boy, are those people that have already taken their medicine bitching like you wouldn't believe People are bitching about this. This is weird. I didn't even read this. I need to not read the comments, of course, but I like this guy. Get your shot, then go to a bar so you can drive drunk, then kill someone on your way home. Great idea. He doesn't quite know what happens when you drink a beer, but... He's a favorite of mine, just because we know he's not going to do it. Um, At Governor Kemp, here's a good idea. As if the Georgia governor will do anything to try and boost... Yeah, right, as if he cares about it. Yeah. Um, uh, at least Wawa offers some honest money, not $4. So putting unknown medicine into your body and get a free $4 beer. Thank you. Okay. Unknown medicine. But uh, isn't all medicine unknown, if that's the I case? I mean, to me, I'm not a fucking pharmacist. I just take it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck paracetamol um, is, but I fucking take it. I don't know what pentobarbital is, but I'm taking a whole bunch after this show. Just kidding. Um, well, I don't know what Barocca is, but it helps out my hangover. I don't I, know what Viagra is, but I've been popping <laughs> a lot of that lately. Lucky <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, hey, we all got penis problems, right? Or just me? I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of people complaining. People just complain. We just have to. We just, if we're not complaining, then what are we? What's the point of living? If I'm not going to bitch about this, to me, this was good. Uh, so, this gets the Griff seal of approval. You can. I mean, both being mad about the four dollar beer, and then also being like that. You're mad that somebody that they're getting a stupid reward of four dollars, and then being mad that you didn't get the four. Like no, you don't win. There's no success here, right? I wanted a free $4 beer, but don't go get the fake medicine for a $4 beer. I just like, what, what is happening? I <laughs> uh, can't, can't handle, can't handle this. That's your hyper beer nerd dork shit news for the day. You got, uh, um, John Taffer and you got, uh, this guy trying to get people to just give them a beer for getting a shot and everybody's mad. Everybody's mad at him. So. Sorry sure for are. Phil. I don't know anything about Phil Murphy. I, maybe I'd hate his politics. Hey, I probably would. Who knows? But um, I seem to hate everybody's. But um, I, this felt like a fairly innocuous 
thing to do, but I guess I guess it's not. All right, Tony, let's play a game. What do you think? Let's play a game. Wrap this thing up. I'm going to take my two weeks off, and uh, then we can just sort of, hey, you might say I'm mailing it in already, really. And you might have said I've been mailing it in for 50-something weeks now. So, uh, And probably with this game, you're going to think I'm mailing it in, and you're probably right. But uh, we are. I, I am going to have to muster up the effort to shove Tony down the well, as it's going to be another edition of Untrapped. Untrapped. A show where we do have a theme. We have it. Sing it with me. And we're sending, we're sending our loops down. All the way down. Yeah, we're sending our loops down the world. And that well. See, my voice is too low. I can't, I can never compete with the. Uh, with Krusty or Sting, really. But you could do um, the um, Whacking Day with Barry White. I could do the Barry. I think I'm, I'm not far off. Um, I'm not. I'm no Barry White. Let's not. Let's not make that. Let's not make that comp. But I, I can get to some of those notes at least. So <laughs> there's that going for me. Um, I don't sound like Barry White. I sound like a fucking nerd. So it's fine. Not Barry White is uh, pretty fucking dope. Um, I was listening to. Um, a different, just totally different thing. But um, some James Brown came on last week. I was like, I love this so much. <laughs> it's so good. Um, all right, Tony, this week's Untrapped is a, a new a new variant of the game. Messing mess with, the, or with, the, with sort of the calculus of the game. I think this will be interesting to you. Uh, we are going to do a brewery edition of Untrapped. Uh, you know that the breweries get ratings. Also, yes. uh, it's sort of a, a summary rating of all their beers. Um, and uh, we are going to give it a go that you would have to guess some ratings of some of the breweries out there. And these breweries are three breweries that I will be going to on my journey across okay. the nation. Um, so uh, kind of covering a little ground here with this. These are some breweries that people can, hey, come find me. Just kidding. Come find me if you want your ass kicked. Um, I mean, buy, I'll buy some stout for us, and that might kick our ass. I think that would maybe be the only way anyone's ass could get kicked is if we drink 15% <laughs> stout. I've, I've never gotten in a fight in my life. So um, we uh, so here's three breweries. Um, I will, What I'm going to give you, I'll give you the brewery. We'll, we'll sort of go through the description, and I'm going to try to give you I mean, all these breweries all have like 200, 500 beers. So I'm going to give you just a random selection of three of their beers. And uh, we can use that as sort of a, a basis uh, I like for that. you to just try to start from. Uh, we'll see how this works. And the first one uh, is a brewery I talked about at length after my trip to California. Uh, this is a brewery called Burgeon Beer. Virgin Beer Company in Carlsbad. And uh, their description only says they are a craft brewery rooted in Carlsbad, California. Their beers, they have 246 beers, 75,993 ratings for their 246 beers. Um, among their beers here, and I'm actually going to, uh, I'm not going to sort it at all. I'm just going to find a couple of them here. Uh, now, what we know about Burgeon, they tend to specialize in IPA and hoppy okay. lagers. 
mostly West Coast style IPA. Their flagship is a beer called Carlsbad Crush, a West Coast pale ale brewed solely with Mosaic and Mosaic Cryo. It's rated a 3.91 on 1900 ratings. Um, we have a beer called, um, here's a beer called Universal Secret. This was a hazy IPA with Nelson, Galaxy, and Vic Secret. 7%, 3.99. And then the third one I'll give you is a, uh, is a beer called, uh, I'm actually going to sort this by total rating. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Um, most popular. Yes. And, mo- and that's tree, Trivana. That's like another one of their flagship. That's their flagship IPA, Trivana. 7.2%, 3.9 on 5,000 ratings. So um, there's three beers, set, but they have 75,000 total ratings. Now, uh, IPA brewer in California. In general, uh, brewery ratings as high as individual beers or the brewery itself gets rated lower or there's really no correlation between the two? Really depends. I would say if a brewery makes a lot of very big stouts, um, their rating will vary more deeply, if, if that makes sense. Uh, and that's a little bit of a hint here, is that if you have a brewery that makes a wide variety of styles, Um, you will find that I could give you three of their stouts from other half and say, these are all 4.7, for example. And their brewery rating is probably not 4.7. Gotcha. So probably not going to reach the high heights, but if they brew a lot of styles, it'll be around where their average beer is. IPA brewery um, gives me sort of, it it puts me in the in the fours. It certainly does. Now, do you did you mention anything about their? Would you know anything about the property outside of their beers? To does that affect the brewery rating? If somebody's got a beautiful tap room, does that? I mean, it. it uh, I don't know. Um, does it? I don't know if it does or not. They do have a lovely tap room. It has a big tree in the middle of it. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I did enjoy hanging out at their place. Um, and, and the thing I will note for you, Tony, is that they tend to focus on clear IPA. Uh, that's just, I'm just going to throw that out. Okay. So you know. West coast. Uh, they tend to style. focus on West coast style, drier style IPAs. And I love them and I rated them very high, but we know that my ratings are not necessarily in line with the rest of the beer universe. Okay. I'm still going to put it in the fours. You're trying to put me off, but I'm going to put it in the low fours. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that this is 4.06. Um, I'm going to give you that with this many ratings on a new game. We're going, we're going to give you that one. It's actually a 3.93. Um, you're within a, You're within a little more than a tenth, so that's really not bad. But uh, this is one of those ones where they tend to make a bunch of beers rated 3.9, and they are a 3.9. They (laughs) just make a lot of IPA, really good West Coast IPA. Really good West Coast IPA gets rated a 3.9. I don't know why. Uh, I just rated a 5. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it's just where it lands. Um, For some reason, it has to be hazy if it's going to be 
a four plus. And um, I mean, the worst hazy IPA, not the worst, but I've had some very mediocre hazy IPAs that are getting fours, and I've had some the the best West Coast IPAs that are getting three point nine. So does not calculate, but yep, three point nine three. I think that's close enough. A tenth. I know that you didn't have the first number right, but I but I think you're in the right ballpark. So we're gonna hand that one to you. I'm feeling generous. Um, Thank you. Thank you, good sir. Uh, yes. And then uh, we're going to move on. And this one's going to get harder. This is about to get hard. Uh, so the <laughs> that's what I say after <laughs> I take my Viagra. This is about to get hard. Um, next one up is, uh, this is a brewery you're familiar with, and I'm excited to get back to, Crooked Stave. Crooked sure, Stave Artisan Beer Project in based in Denver. I will be headed to their Fort Collins tap room, of course. And uh, Tony, you know this place, Crooked State Brewing Company, artist and microbrewery in Denver, founded by Chad Jacobson. The uh, blah, 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 a bunch of stuff about Chad. Um, he uh, And they make all kinds of barrel-aged sour beer, Brett, Brett Firms, Wild Ales, and then we know they make things like Von... Uh, what the Von Pilsner and some actually pretty decent IPA, some good stouts, but mainly their focus tends to be on the uh, wild stuff and the, and the sour stuff. I love it. Tony, they are much bigger than Virgin from a, from a history and just check-in standpoint. So they have 790,092 ratings of their 591 beers listed here, they have a total of almost, they're almost at a million total check-ins um, for, for Crooked Stave. They're about 10,000 away. Um, and uh, what are their flagship Let's, uh, let's peek at a couple of their, their big-time highlights. Uh, one, I'm going to give you the Surrett Provision Saison. Surrett Provision Saison is a, in a particular region of southern Belgium, the reserve provision saison was called Surrette, meaning tart. So this is sort of a lightly tart saison, 3.98 for this. Their uh, very classic kind of annual mega release is called Nightmare on Brett, uh, uh, usually aged in whiskey barrels. This is a demonic dark sour. Nightmare on Brett takes on many facets during its transformation to sour side. So this is aged in big fooders. It's a dark sour. It's getting a 4.26, Tony. And then one more I'll throw at you is there. Um, oh, this is a beer I love. The Petite Sour Peach Wild Ale Aged in Oak with Colorado Peaches. A 3.92 for the Petite Sour Peach. Um, and then a lot of other sort of single, I mean, just hundreds of sort of unusual releases, um, annual releases, stuff like that. So okay. Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project. Oh, good reputation, but the thing that throws me off is, is sort of the known four sours. I don't think that rates as highly as a stout brewery. I don't think that even rates as high as an IPA brewery because I think even though their flagships are going to be rated really highly, I think some of their more um, smaller releases are going to be knocked because they are more experimental they take more chances and are going to be more foreign to people's palates. I'm going to 
not go too far south, but it's definitely going to be out of the fours. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, 3.77 is where I'm going to put it. All right, I'm not giving you that one. Uh, Tony Crooked Stave is getting a 4.01. Uh, okay. 4.01 for Crooked Stave. Now, um, I think they just are wildly consistent and their beers aren't too – I mean, look at some of these. Mama's Mama's Bear, Mama Bear's Sour Cherry Pie, 4.16. It's only a 6% cherry sour. Um, That's an amazing and score for something so low alcohol. Uh, Serenata Naturna. This is just an unusual beer. Belgian-style golden ale, Asian oak casks with a mixed culture of wild yeast and bacteria from used sherry casks. 12%, 4.15. I mean, that's just wild right there. Uh, and there's no fruit or anything in there. So these guys just make it. They're just good. Uh, they just, they're just good at it. And I think they know that. I think the audience that knows these beers is who goes for these beers. Maybe that's maybe I'm making an assumption. Oh, here's one of my favorites, Tony Persica, the Palisade Peach Wild Ale. Oh, it's so good, dude. Oh, oh I'm getting my hands on that. Um, dude, oh. here's some collabs with Omnipoyo. You know that's getting a rating. And that's what I should have taken into account, not um, random people's expectations, but you know these breweries and you're not going to go to a shitty brewery. Um, so I should take your taste more into account. So Crooked Stave, that's a big-time winner. I'm so pumped to go back there. I might, I might, I'm just going to heartburn myself. It's not going to be good, but that's all right. Um, all right, last up, number three. This is a little bit of a new one. Uh, this is uh, the KC Beer Company, beer with an I, Tony. Uh, KC Beer Company. Um. 76,695 ratings of 133 beers, um, 120,000 total check-ins. Um, uh, since 2014, KC Beer Company has pursued a simple mission to brew and serve authentic-tasting German-style beer with the same character, flavor, and freshness as the beer brewed and consumed in Germany using only imported German malt, hops, and yeast, and traditional German Brewing methods. It's the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and offers its beer in the its beer hall and beer garden all throughout the Kansas City metro area, statewide in Kansas, and in most of Missouri. So, uh, Casey Beer Company, you've uh, uh, I I'm another place that I'm like get me get me there. Can't wait. Um, sure. Some of their flagships, Tony, are uh, their Munich Dunkel. Uh, you know what a Munich Dunkel is? Oh, I sure do. Don't need me. Rated nope. 92 by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. <laughs> 22,461 ratings, 3.71. You have their Hellas Lager. Hellas Lager, uh, a decoction-mashed Hellas Lager. Decoction, um, and, uh, wow. use it, Yep, uses Andex yeast from their German Monastery Brewery. Um, this one was one of the 19 best beers of 2019 by Craft Beer and Brewing Mag, and 94 from Beer Connoisseur. Uh, this one has a 3.59. And uh, uh, throw out the, hey, here's one I'm going to like, buddy, the Pure Pills, true German-style Pilsner, according to the Reinheitsgebot, water yeast, all-important German malt and hops. 
And it's uh, Hallertown Middle Free Hops grown on a 600-year-old Sites farm in Bavaria, natural carbonated, naturally carbonated by CO2 produced by Bavarian lager yeast during six weeks of cold conditioning. Tony, that little masterpiece is pulling a 3.53. So, Tony, uh, Casey Beer Co., 133 beers, seventy, almost 77,000 ratings. How are we doing? So this one thoroughly confuses me because I think their beers could be rated lower than the actual place. I think it could be a delightful place to hang out. I think their beers are going to be great, but we all know. No, no, remember, you don't rate the place. There is no rating to ah. give the place. You just These are just amalgamations of all the ratings of their beers. Okay, that's where I was making the mistake. I, <laughs> was, I was taking into account their tap room and somehow that was rated separately. Okay, so this is a lager brewery. It's not going to rate well. This is down in the 3.5s, and I think it should be higher, but I'm going to say it's 3.5. Oh, no, it's going to be lower than that. It's going to be 3.47. Tony, you're going to need more practice at this brewery game. This is a 3.71 for the KC Beer Co. Um, I think part of it is because a lot of their check-ins are from a handful of the beers. Um, Yep. Because they only make it. So 22,000 of the 76,000 ratings are of their Dunkel. Um, and that one has a 3.71. Uh, same with their Hefeweizen, which uh, I didn't give you. And um, their Hellas uh, is 3.59, so a little lower. But they have a Fest beer on here that pulls a little more ratings. One I could have given you that might have given it away better is their Doppelbach is a 3.81. Not sure if that would have helped you. But, uh, yeah, all these beers are just in that area. Um, probably underrated. For sure. But, uh, I'm excited to, to drink some of these beers. I actually have had this Munich Dunkel. I think I drank it in Wichita, Tony. What a, what a treat that was. Um, let's find out if it was in Wichita. Here's the big reveal. It is in Wichita. It was at the Anchor in Wichita. Cool. Um, so, yeah, pumped for that. Tony went one for three. All right. I'm, I, hey, looks like I got to go over to the 7-Eleven and get, get a little black bag for you. Um, so I'll be, I'll be over there. I'll be right back with the, with the black bag. I'm going to run over to the Hollywood video, hit up the back room, and we'll make sure you're stocked up for the next week or so. Um, while I'm driving across the country, you're going to be stuck down there for a couple of weeks. Hey, no big, no big deal, huh? No, it's it's a delightful place to hang out, even if you are travelling across country. Uh, don't want to be stuck down there months at a time, but a couple of weeks, yeah, I can handle that. It's going to be a delightful yeah, we'll, time. We'll feed you. You'll yep. be well, you'll be fed. Oh, yeah. Hey, better than hanging out at, at John Taffer's Nevada Brewery Works, I bet, huh? For sure. Um, cool. Well, I think we did it. We're going to take. Uh, it's going to be um, like we said at the beginning. Uh, Taking a little bit of time off, Tony. Uh, you think you think we've uh, given the content that is necessary to sustain our hungry listeners for for a couple weeks? Who knows? But uh, that's all yeah, we're giving. Who knows? <laughs> it's true. This is what you're getting. It doesn't matter, does it? Uh, all right, Tony. Uh, let's tell these folks where they can find us. Um, you guys can email us at beer engine beer engine show at gmail.com i think something like that email us there it's beer engine show at gmail.com okay. right uh you can check us out on instagram uh we're beer engine pod on instagram it's cool come hang out with us there 
Um, um, definitely hit us up on Instagram or via email to hang out on our Discord. Plenty of going mm-hmm. on. Lots of chicken sandwich talk, some gloop, some sports talk, some gambling. It's all going on there. You can also find us on Untapped. Perhaps the best way to keep up with, with Griff's um, long trip across the country to see whether he is It'll staying on the road, see whether he's um, actually staying awake at the wheel and not driving from Careened the back. off the road, right, yeah. Not driving from the back seat of his auto drive Tesla. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's Griff AD on Untapped. You can find me, St. Moz, also on Untapped. Um, we're also on Twitter, but I'm not sure how, how well the post yeah, is going there. I wouldn't worry about there. Twitter. Pass. Uh, I don't like Twitter. Every time I get on there, I'm like, this sucks. Uh, so whatever. You have to come to Instagram. Sorry. Uh, come. People are on there. Get on Instagram. You don't want to be on Twitter. Um, yeah, come hang out on the Discord. We're having fun over there, all right? We'll, we'll, we'll hang out all together. It'll be great. Uh, Tony, any parting words for the next, you know, who knows, week, two weeks, six weeks? Who knows how long it'll be, really? Uh, Stay a week. <laughs> actually going to um, go with something slightly serious for, um, for the first time in forever. Um, stay safe and enjoy your, your trip. Make the road trip enjoyable. Have a good time. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm excited. I'm not maybe not excited for the eight or ten hour drives uh, that we have uh, in between places like I don't know Tahoe and Park City or whatever. But um, I am pretty pumped to check out some of these joints. Uh, so if you guys have tips, send them over. Get them in the Discord. Tell us to give me some ideas of of places that I'm missing out on because uh, uh, we have some time in places like Fort Collins and Kansas City, and I, I would I would love to check out some of our. Listeners' uh, favorite hotspots, so that'd be cool. Feel free to post them or email them to us or give us on Instagram. That's good too. All right, we will see you guys in a couple weeks virtually. We'll uh, and uh, uh, bye. Well, hopefully, hopefully Tony doesn't leave this in, but I'm just going to keep talking for a while. I'm going to vamp a little bit. Uh, you know, Tony probably moving really fast to the front door, waiting for me to tell the rest of the story uh, about John Taffer. John Taffer, you're going to make somebody sick, you know, screaming at these guys. Um, I hope, I mean, I really hope that he, uh, he laid into these, these guys. And, you know, once I finish this story, um, you're going to know that I think John might want to lay into himself because uh, lay into himself. That sort of sounds like, I mean, that doesn't sound good. He shouldn't. All right. Um, well, hopefully he doesn't do that either. Or maybe I do hope he does. Um, I do think he's a big Trump guy, though, and I do think he has bad opinions. Uh, I don't have any. I don't have any evidence to support that at hand. Uh, just sort of have offhand knowledge, secondary knowledge, tertiary knowledge about John Taffer's um, crappy politics. Not really the focus of this story, but we have to wait for Tony to get back uh, to finish my story about the brewery that uh, sucked so bad in their first couple months that they asked John Taffer to save them, a man who really knows nothing about the beer industry or the beer culture, or anything else, um, there he is.
You're back. I am. 